for our budgeting basics with Kelly Showstrom. Kelly, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Hello, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Debt consolidation. That's kind of our topic today. One of those questions, you know, in this economy, I know where people can kind of get a little bit nervous, right? Um, Taxes, house values going up. Everything seems to be going up except your income. And debt consolidation starts looking pretty good. So ins and outs of that, I'd love to know what you think about it. Yeah, Kelly, it is more expensive than ever. And I feel like we say that every single year of it's expensive to, you know, even survive, but it actually, it keeps going up and we're at least feeling the pressure, right? Whether or not it's, well, it is necessarily true, but whether or not um, your personal income is going up or going down or your expenses are going up or going down, it costs just a little bit more to survive these days. And so I know debt consolidation is something that I get questions about all the time. Um, and so I wanted to talk about it because I think it's important to know whether or not it's a good idea for you and your situation and your family. Um, and before we just dive right in and then potentially make a, um, a change that's not great for our finances, I think we should just be educated enough to be able to make that decision decision on our own. So I figured we would just talk about it, Kelly. It's kind of a scary topic. Um, There's a lot of ins and outs that goes with this. Of course, talk with your financial advisors, make sure that you're speaking with credited people um, that, uh, you know, when you're working with debt consolidation, you aren't just going with some of these scammy um, payday lenders and that sort of thing. So diving right in, Kelly, I found an article um, with US News and it talks about five costly debt consolidation mistakes. And more importantly, how to avoid them, Kelly. So should we dive right in? Let's dive in. We've got about 10 minutes. We got to get to these. All right. So the first thing is locking in the first interest rate that you're offered. And remember, these are mistakes. So we do not want to just, you know, call our bank and they say, yep, this is the rate. And we're like, great, sign me up. We want to make sure we're shopping around. We want to talk to different lenders, talk to your local bank, talk to credit unions are always my favorite. Um, You know, you could talk to a couple of big banks as well, just to get um, some different rates from different levels of banks and different types of institutions. But you want to make sure that you're shopping around and you want to make sure that you're talking to multiple people so that when you do lock in a rate, you can actually wholeheartedly or trust that you have the best rate out there. And even though it might be high today, we can always refinance in the future, but we do have the best rate that is offered at this moment. Okay. And that is something you might feel uncomfortable with, right? You might go someplace and say, I want to look at these rates and they may tell you, Hey, should we get started right now? And then you have to come back and say, well, I need to make sure I know what I'm doing before I lock in, but thank you for the information and then move on. Kelly, that is such a great point too, because some of these banks will say, yep, we have to run your credit before we can give you a rate. And you want to say no to those people, right? We want to make sure that we're just kind of shopping around. We don't need people to ding our credit for every um, institution that we're asking about rates for. What I always tell those institutions is, thank you, but I'm just shopping around right now. I do not want you to pull my credit. I just want to know um, what is the best case scenario and what is the worst case scenario. So I know for me personally, I have pretty good credit. So I can say, hey, what is your best? APR that you have to offer. Um, because I know in my brain that I probably qualify for that. And then you might say, I have really bad credit. So what is like the highest rate that I'm potentially looking at here? Right. So make sure they're not pulling your credit, make sure that they can just give you a range of anything. And if they can't give you a range, um, maybe we, we just don't go with that institution because it's not worth the potential risk of getting our credit dinged for a loan that we're not even going to take out. That's a good point. Another thing, you know, you want to make sure just that you do your homework before you start thinking about this don't forget anything right if you before you go looking say hmm this is my total debt um now i gotta shop around 
I hope that you don't do that and then go, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to add my $500 a month car payment in there because it could totally ruin everything. Exactly. And make sure you're keeping notes. So I had an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet when we were doing our kitchen renovation and I had all the institutions that I wanted to contact. And then I had columns for what is their APR? Um, is it a fixed rate or what other benefits mm -hmm. do they have or, you know, potential downfalls of these, of these lenders? Um, and that way, when I was on the phone with them, I was just filling out the spreadsheet I didn't have to remember to ask certain questions. And then that way, when you're done talking to all these lenders, it could be a lot of overwhelming information. You can just sit back with a, maybe a beverage or a nice cup of coffee, and you can just look at your spreadsheet and logically review each of them, see what the downfalls are, see what the pros and cons are of each place. Um, and you can know that you're choosing the best institution at the end of the day. Gosh, you're such a spreadsheet girl. That's such a good idea though. Such uh, a good idea. I I can't help it, Kelly, but it's true because I've <laughs> I've done it before. Lessons learned, which is why I'm here today. Um, where you get off the phone, and my husband's like, "Great, well, how? Um, when do we have to start making payments?" And I'm like, "I know oh. we talked about that. <laughs> I didn't write that down." And I'm like, "Shoot!" And so I'm like, "Okay, hey, next time I get on the phone with somebody, so I add that as another column. When do we have to start making payments, right? And then we go through the list and we add it to all the info. And so you just you learn. But um, I'm here to give you a little bit of my advice, so you don't have to learn the hard way. Yeah, exactly. All right. What about, you know, a lot of times you're going in and you're thinking, I just want to do this much, but then they get to talking to you and they're like, Hey, you know, if you took out this much, you could probably redo a bathroom while you're doing it. It would only cost you so many more dollars a month. What about that kind of thing? So Kelly, you only want to take out as much money as you need, right? And so it's just like our student loan people. I'm talking to you too, because I was there um, when they're like, hey, you only need seven grand for tuition this semester, but I'll give you 10. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Then I has a little bit of a buffer. That sounds good, right? Um, but those buffers add up, Kelly, and we all know that. And it's extra money in your monthly payment at the end of the day. It's extra money that you're paying interest on. And so we want to make sure we're going in with our logical brains, not our fun, hey, let's have some padding brains. Um, and we want to know exactly how much we need. Um, and we want to make sure that we can afford that monthly payment. And so when they're talking to you about having more money, make sure you really stay strong to the only the amount of money that you need so you don't get yourself in a, a bind with higher monthly payments or longer periods of time that you're making payments on. And you also want to make sure that you're not just picking the lowest payment option because it's the lowest payment option, right? Because with that, you're paying interest for a longer amount of time. And so you want to kind of be able to do the middle of the road or even the highest monthly payment, get that loan paid off right away. And then you're paying less amount of interest over time. You're tackling that principle. Um, and if we do the work ahead of time where we're only borrowing what we need and we can actually afford that amount, we should be able to afford these higher monthly payments. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I hear about a lot is people say, I'm going to consolidate everything and then they believe everything's going to be fine. And then it seems like all of a sudden a year and a half later, they're in the same boat. Yeah, because when we consolidate stuff, it doesn't make the problem go away sometimes, right? So if we borrowed money because um, maybe we had, you know, we lost a job or COVID or um, something tragic happened and not necessarily behavioral, then those are patterns that we can absolutely um, avoid in the future. But if it's a behavioral change, maybe there's like some shopping addiction or we aren't following our budgets or we're spending more than we make, um, then those are things that a consolidation isn't going to fix the problem. And so when we consolidate, consolidate our money and it goes on a personal loan, our credit cards are now freed up. We want to make sure, Kelly, that we're not just spending on those credit cards again, right? We want to make sure right. that we're actually paying down the debt that we had and not going back and, you know, digging ourselves into another hole because now we're going to have 
more credit card debt on top of this personal loan that we didn't have before. And that is extra money that we cannot afford to pay. And so maybe when we consolidate this debt, we're cutting up those credit cards, we're hiding them, we're closing the accounts, doing what you can so that there is no temptation because these companies are good at that, right? They yeah. spend billions of dollars a year on marketing to make sure that you're spending money. But we want to um, do what's best for ourselves and make sure that we're not adding more debt once we are starting to figure out um, what the source of the problem is. And once we're starting to get out of that debt, we want to not add to it. That I've heard before that, you know, and I have this issue. I I don't, I have a bunch of things that I do not use, haven't used for years. Um, and sometimes they just kind of go away. Like if you don't renew it, they don't, if they don't, if they send you a new card, you don't update it. You just, you kind of drop off. But I've always heard that you shouldn't close those accounts because it can affect your credit score. But I don't want to have like 40 credit cards out there that I'm not using. How do you yeah. how do you go at that? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a give and take here. I think um, closing your credit cards definitely takes a little bit of a hit to your credit because it's um, less money that you have available to you. And so when we're, when we have the same amount of debt, but we're reducing the amount of credit that we have available to us, our um, income to debt ratio is getting all skewed. Right. And mm -hmm. so keeping those credit cards open is saying, Hey, I'm only borrowing 5% of this debt available to me versus when you close them. Now, all of a sudden you have 75% debt that's available to you. And so they don't like that. And, you know, I, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's maybe worth taking a little bit of a hit to your credit if that temptation is there for you, if we're worried about spending on those cards, or if it just is mental clutter and we just need to get rid of them. So it's one less company mailing us new cards and passwords we have to remember and all that thing, right? All those things, right? And so it's a little bit of a give and take. Maybe there's a couple cards that you want to close just because you don't like the company or um, you know, you finally got out of debt with them and you don't want to go back into debt with them or whatever it is. And maybe there's a couple that you keep open just while you're digging yourself out of debt and you want to keep your credit as good as possible, or you know, you have to take out a loan in the future. And so you don't want to hurt your credit just yet. Um, yeah. But remember your credit score is just a score of how good or bad you are with debt, Kelly. And so it's not everything. And so if you need to take a little bit of a hit just so that you can, you know, get your ducks in a row, have less stuff that's coming at you. Um, I always yeah. recommend that. I don't think it's the worst. Um, it's not the Cut worst that thing. stuff up, throw it away. You don't have to keep track of it anymore. Be done with it. And then you're not going back into, into debt with those companies, right, Kelly, if you don't have yeah. the credit card. And if you if you want to just test the waters, just cut up the card. You could always request a new one if you needed it or if there's truly an emergency coming or somebody lost a job. Um, yeah. But, you know, but if we can't afford it, then we also want to look at that too. And, and then, of course, there are other things that we can do. Are we following our budgets? Are we spending less than what we make? And so um, let's not always blame the credit cards while those companies definitely have plenty for us to blame them on. Um, yeah. We have to look at ourselves as well. I look at the holidays coming up and I think this is a great time to gift someone a uh, a trip to financial wellness, so to speak. Like, uh, you know, I know that uh, I've got three boys. My mom was a great teacher of money, uh, but she's not with me anymore. So I'm always like, how do I educate them the best? Um, and I know that you offer free, a lot of free stuff, but I know that you also offer classes for people who want to find out how to be, you know, good stewards of their own money. 
Absolutely. Head to kellyshowstrom.com. You can schedule a free call with me if you just want to chat about what is the best option for you. Um, I have a course available. We can do one-on-one coaching. You can, of course, give that to somebody like Kelly said. Um, if we have somebody graduating or um, a kiddo that we want to help um, and they don't listen to mom and dad necessarily. But yeah, lots of free tools on my website as well. And so there's no excuses to not get started and you're never going to regret getting started sooner than later. Um, I always tell people that. And so just start to dig in, start to you know change one thing at a time and you'll be better off for it. I love it. Thank you so much. Kelly Showstrom for our budgeting basics.